0: would almost describe it as a sort of that metallic tang that you get sometimes with
1: metallic with. tang bands i would absolutely go see i'm not sure what the f*** this is i'm about to find out this is tall can audio episode 945 of the tall can audio podcast my name is matt robinson in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada, ready to kick off another week across the table. Rob Christie, how are you doing today? I don't, I'm not sure
0: I've ever been better.
1: Wow! Yeah, wow!
0: It's, it sounds great. I know, and it's absolute
1: bullshit. Yeah, it's really more of a statement on how poor the previous forty odd years have been. Forty odd. I appreciate that. <laughs> we'll round down for you. That's that's nice
0: to that's nice to hear. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the weather's nice. Feels a little uh, for now. Yeah. Unseasonal, yeah, I'm done with the snow, man. Yeah, I'm not sure you are. To be honest with you, I just thought, ah, uh, and as we've been over it a bunch of times, the lame way is important to me, uh-huh. but I'm like, ah, you know what, yesterday with all the snow we had on the weekend and.
1: Yeah, it was supposed to be maybe just a little bit coming and then instead <laughs> got what, like 10, 11 centimeters Friday night. Yeah. yeah.
0: Bullshit. Bullshit. That's what I got to say about that. And so people driving in and out of the laneway before I get to shovel it, ah, oh that's boy. a serious no. You that's those, a paddling. Th- you better believe that's a paddling. <laughs> so yeah, there's a couple of ruts in there now and you're like, forget it. It's, it's like, it's gone.
1: It's, it's, it's going to wait it out by midweek. It'll be run off anyway.
0: Well, are they still calling for seven yeah. or eight on the weekend, on the, yeah, the middle of the week?
1: But it's like. Drifting around temperature wise anywhere from minus two to plus four. So it could just as easily be rain. Right. And so we'll see, uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at all and audio. You can give us a follow there. Um, and make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now, checking things out. The Spotify starting to grow a bit, man. I don't know if we talked about it on the show or not, but for the longest time, Spotify man, for like three years, I couldn't get them to move on it. We were, we were, we were filed in the tech section. So if you were scrolling through, you wouldn't find us. Now, if we shared the link and stuff, people would find you. But it was really tough growing the audience on Spotify because no one was searching, you know, when you're just kind of browsing, right? And, and you're not sure if you're going to check out something new. And you came, a, a, you wouldn't find us in the sports section or the culture section or whatever. And B, if you were scrolling through the tech section, you're like, beer and sport, no. Like, so finally, a few months ago, got them to move us over and, and it's been picking up ever since on Spotify. So wherever you listen, uh, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you're following and on Spotify, they also just introduced, uh, the, the rating system that Apple's had for a while. So go ahead and throw down a rating and a review there as well. We'd appreciate it.
0: Throw it down. Right. Man. Well, and, and really why would we not be in the culture section? Uh, Very uh, cultured, man. A uh, couple of
1: refined it. gentlemen. I, uh, <laughs> for sure. Gentlemen, <laughs> indeed. What did you just crack into over there? I just
0: cracked into a Henderson export stout. I'd love to tell you what the ABV is on it, but I have no idea because it's in super fucking small print.
1: Squinting away. Like really small print on the bottom. So, um. In a poorly lit studio.
0: Yep. But it's poured jet black with a nice, nice head. So I'm about to, uh, I thought, oh, it's going to go over. Mm -hmm. Which is usually how it happens, right? I. (laughs) chastise you for not drinking your stouts out of a pint glass. And then I get a pint glass in here and usually mm, 20% of it goes over the edge of the. Yeah. So.
1: It's It's on his pants, his shirt. Yeah,
0: the shirt last week. Yeah. So (laughs) no problems. I I thought instead of it being on the, uh, you know, around the studio, it's on me. What do you got? What have you poured over there?
1: I'm very excited about this. Uh, I've never seen this one before, uh, friend of mine spotted it, at the grocery store and said, uh, that's a Matt beer. I'm going to grab that. Matt's going to enjoy that. This is the salted caramel porter oh. from Waterloo Brewing Company. Uh, it says on the, the, the description there, rich and creamy, uh, 6% ABV with just a touch of sea salt. And so, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm intrigued, man. I, I I do understand why that called out my name, right? Why someone would look at that and go, "Yeah, I think Matt's going to want to try that one." And so, uh, yeah, from I think I had something just a week or two ago from Waterloo as well, after not having any of their stuff for for quite a while. But uh, yeah, the uh, salted caramel porter, six percent from uh, from Waterloo Brewing Company.
0: It's funny you say that because I just had I thought. I had a, from Kensington, I think I had something on the show here recently.
1: Yeah, we both did. That was when you brought over the, uh. Right. It was a Kensington stout, I think. Peppermint. Yes, that's right.
0: The peppermint stout. And so I just had a salted caramel red ale. Mm. And it was delicious. Now I I drank the first one and went, I think it came in about six, five. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Matt would like this, <laughs> Matt would like this. It's a red and and to me it was rich in flavor without being sweet, but you got a, a hint of the caramel. Right. And a little of the saltiness. It was, it was very nice, but then Rob
1: drank it. Of course. Yeah, no, I don't blame you <laughs> um, for that.
0: So there were, I had two in hand and one was in the fridge. I'm like, oh, you know what? That would be a, this is something that would sing out to Matt. So, um, yeah. I was thinking about you. Yeah, I I, I did think about you. <laughs> and then I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? It. The, the, the pre-dinner conversation went longer and well, Rob gets thirsty.
1: Yeah, man. I know how that goes.
0: So this it's, it's it has to be, it, it tastes a bit like it's on the Imperial side of things. Yeah. Okay. So it's got a bit of that, I would almost describe it as a sort of that metallic tang that you get sometimes with.
1: Metallic with, tang bands I would absolutely go see. <laughs> you know, harkening back to your younger days when high you school were, girls
0: you absolutely dated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I'm actually just going to turn and pivot Yeah, all and, right. And, and move away. It's going to be one that. of those shows, folks, cuz that's blood Matt. That's yep. um okay. <laughs> so anyways, dark, rich and um yeah, it has that nice that nice stout flavor you'd look for. Right. So, um, I'm just going to keep working on what the ABVs are on this. Take but a wild guess I, at it. I, and- I, I, I expect it to be, uh, if, if I'm doing an over-under, uh, if I'm going to put the over-under at 6.4 and I'm going to say slightly over.
1: Okay. Well, and the good listener will be able to take a stab at it as well, based on the end of the show, what the ABV was on this pint. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So. Uh, this one, very rich, Very creamy. You are getting the caramel off it. Not a ton of the the sea salt flavor, although I don't know what that would be, and it might be that it needs to to warm up a little, right? Like maybe that's one of those ones that doesn't come out until uh, this has been sitting in the fridge, so it, it might need to to warm up a little before before we get any of that from it. Um, okay. Okay. I ha- okay, I
0: have just figured out. Uh, He found the ABV. Yeah, I actually took a photo of it and then enlarged the photo. Zoom, zoom. Yes, exactly.
1: 7%. All right. So he was right. Just a little bit above. Yep. Okay. We're good to go. Okay. I'm enjoying it so far. Want to let the good listener know our pal, Michaela Schreider is going to be back on the show on Thursday morning. She'll fill that co-host slot. Uh, Looking forward to having a pint with her and catching up on everything. Of course, we'll talk about the, uh, what are they calling it? The revenge game on Saturday down in Pittsburgh, Canada versus USA. Plus final week before the, uh, the NHL trade deadline. And, uh, we'll have some more signings across MLB. I'm sure, uh, it'll just be good to have Michaela back on the show for the first time in a little bit. So look forward to that on Thursday morning. We got lots to cover today. Oh, uh, we got a
0: lot to cover.
1: Want to talk a little baseball. We're going to talk about, uh, Jack Eichel's return to Buffalo uh, lots that we can get into, but let's start can, with Can we, just before, before
0: we get into what you're, and no, I know I've just no, tried, yeah, I've yeah, just fuck. trampled right on your, uh, I missed the Leafs on Saturday night.
1: See, <laughs> there was something, I took some shit for it, but I posted on Twitter that there was something very chef's kiss about, mm-hmm. about the idea that the rest of Canada got to watch Hockey Night hosted from an empty football stadium
0: Uh, because
1: the Leafs will play there on a day that wasn't that day. Meanwhile, none of Toronto, I'm sure, bothered with the broadcast at all, knowing that the Leafs weren't on it. There was something beautiful about the rest of Canada being so... Like, we've talked about these outdoor games and they matter in the market, but they lose their appeal quickly across national TV or whatever. This isn't even the Winter Classic. It's just... A heritage classic, right? Toronto Buffalo. No one else is going to care, but yet there's hockey night, man, sitting in an empty football stadium in Hamilton. I enjoyed that.
0: Well, t- t- for a bit there, there was Tessa Virtue and somebody else skating on the ice behind him. Like
1: nobody, somebody else. I'm sure it was Morgan Riley, nah, <laughs> I don't know. guy with a like I said, head like an eraser. Um. <laughs> It's unfortunate he's not more of one of those in the defensive zone. <laughs>
0: yeah. Erase. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, it seems like, so Ottawa got the Sportsnet slot, Ottawa, Chicago. I couldn't find it at first.
1: I thought you guys ended up on City.
0: Uh, well, I really, I really want to be on Sportsnet one. Like, can you not tuck us away? Every time Ottawa gets on a national broadcast, oh, there's feces in the bed. <laughs> So it it just seems like <laughs> Ottawa is best tucked away just for local eyes. It's we, just like
1: Twitter. You the, the whole goal of being on Twitter is to be there and do well, but never be the main character. You never want the whole world okay. looking at you.
0: And I'm good with that, right? I'm totally good with, hey man, I want to see a good game. Yep. want to see the hometown team do well. But yeah, they always seem to go up. Well, and,
1: remember the last time for listeners who don't recall. Was the infamous Kevin Bieksa versus oh. Thomas Shabbat. Right? Sadly, there was a time in between. Okay, but heaven forbid, you know our guy be the one getting picked apart during an intermission. <laughs> and uh, so Ottawa, what was it? Got down to nothing or no, up to nothing? Up to nothing. Out, out, Blew two nothing it after
0: one, and we're and we're dominating large right.
1: stretches of that first period, including Connor Murphy just dominated right off the ice. <sighs> yeah, um, did you watch that? I. You saw the highlight? Yes, so I was flipping between a so couple what you, games what did you night. think?
0: Uh, obviously, penalty.
1: Yeah, but I don't think it's a suspension. Like, it's, to me, it looked like one of those ones that's unfortunate. Like, Murph, the way he turns, uh-huh. it sucks, yeah. right? And it is a penalty, but I don't think it was, like, intentionally blowing right, that guy up. Yeah. Yeah, I, no,
0: I agree. I agree. And, and so you're like, oof, a five-minute major. And then, yeah, hey, man, hit the gate. You're yeah. like, You can shower up two and a half minutes into
1: the game. And then after the Ottawa game, we get the final four minutes of Montreal, Seattle, which then goes to like a seven or eight round shootout. And you've never seen more third liners come down and whip it wide of the net than you got to see in that fucking shootout. I don't know if you hung around. No, I did not. You probably watched it on PVR. So maybe it was over by the time. But that that was the worst shootout. Nobody scored until the winning goal by Seattle. It was, like I said, seven or eight rounds of just shitty lobbing it into the pads, whipping it over the net, just <laughs> terrible shooters on both ends. Like, it was well, awful, man. And
0: Montreal, you know, the good fans of Seattle can thank you for the crack in getting their first win in Canada <laughs> in Montreal. They were over 6 coming into this yeah. game.
1: When Gary Callie says at some point during the shootout, he's doing color on the game, he goes, this would be a big character win for Montreal to come back and like against Seattle. That's yeah. your character win as you beat the expansion team. Well, and you know what though, watching the watching them and
0: and you've seen them in the past week as well. Mm-hmm. They have they have some interesting pieces. Yeah, right. Like you don't. It's like to me they have a better bottom six up front than Ottawa does. Right in terms of names or guys you would recognize. Yeah, there's no Gaudets and Gambrells and <laughs> Clark Bishops and. They're not on there. Right. Um, and the D core is good. They've got shitty, shitty goaltending this year.
1: Yeah. Which I don't think anyone expected. I think that was supposed to be their strong point. For sure. right? sure. Drew Bauer and, uh. Dreeger. Yeah. That was it out of, uh, out of Florida. But yeah, not a good hockey night in Canada, man. Calgary, I guess, pulled off, uh, a, a nice win. Um, yeah. What's his name there? The goaltender. Markstrom. For Markstrom. You Up to nine shutouts this season, Woo. had eight career shutouts coming into this year, like over his entire <laughs> career, Yeah, had if, eight and now has nine this year. Goalies love Daryl Sutter, man. Like Daryl Sutter.
0: Do Euler fans still want to say, we didn't need that guy, we're good with Mike Smith? <laughs> do I still want to hear that now?
1: <laughs> I think most Euler fans were on board with, with Mark. But, but you have to, the guy who spurns you and goes to your rival, you have to pretend you don't, you know. Nope. I never loved you, right? Yeah, I get it, man. I so it. I'm taking some heat. I put it on Twitter last night, and I that some of the blowback was ridiculous as being called a Senators fanboy. And,
0: <laughs> okay,
1: okay you're com- you, You're missing
0: me here a little yeah, bit. Really missing the mark.
1: I just tweeted out, I I checked some numbers after watching, I'd been flipping between, like I said, the Sens game and the Habs game, and since I'm not really engaged in either. Or care about either. Right, I'm sort of just, I wonder what that looks like, and you, you're checking cap friendly, you're checking hockey reference, you're whatever. Nerd. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so at the end of that, I just tweeted out, I'm like, I don't really understand why it is that more people aren't talking about why Josh Norris isn't getting the same kind of talk that Nick Suzuki is getting. And um, obviously the, uh, the Montreal fan base, a little larger. I've raised some eyebrows there. And just as I go back and I look at it, this season, Josh Norris has played 16 less games than Nick Suzuki. He has 10 more goals and only nine fewer points. So I assume in those 16 games, they'd be pretty close in points, but Josh Norris would have a much bigger lead in goals. Last year, they both played 56 games and that was supposed to be Suzuki's big breakout season. And I understand he had a playoff run to kind of show his wares a little. And Josh Norris hasn't had that opportunity yet, but again, very comparable numbers. Uh, both, like I said, played 56 games, Norris with more goals and more assists Yeah, last year. And Which is scary because Norris has got
0: a contract due and I think we're hoping that comes in around 6.5.
1: I don't even remember now what Suzuki came in at. Eight. Yeah, okay. That is scary. Because uh, to me, he looks like he's going to be at least the better goal scorer. And we've sort of had this conversation before. I don't know how much time we actually want to spend on this discussion. But just, I'm not sure either one of those guys is your top end, number one center that you win a cup with in that traditional style. Yeah, yeah, I get you, what you're saying. You need if you're going to do it that way, you need the kind of dual, like the lo- the come in waves sort of team, right? The and Ryan
0: I'm, O'Reilly, yes. St. Louis Blues bike, Braden Shen, kind of thing. yes, yeah. that
1: sort of way of doing it, and that can happen. You can build a team that way. We haven't seen enough of Shane Pinto yet to know, but if that pans out, and then you have Stutzla and Kachuk and and Batherson on the wings you know we'll see yep right now montreal doesn't have enough in the system to say whether they're going to be able to build down the middle that way but it was just an observation that as i looked at the numbers norris's were better and yet people don't talk about it and i i get part of that is the the montreal media as opposed to the ottawa backwater kind of factor going yep. on there it's a very bit still <laughs> um stagnant yes, in a lot of exactly. ways <laughs> so and again, like I said, half of the attacks I just get because my profile on Twitter says proudly based in Ottawa, Canada. Yep. Oh, you fucking sense idiot. You don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. You could not be further from the truth. <laughs>
0: Damn you, Matt, for being somewhat Some objective. Pro
1: senators. I yeah. Guess. Like
0: it's, it's, it's crazy that, you know, the knives come out for that kind of stuff.
1: And the last thing before I hand it to you, which is be, I know the argument with Suzuki is supposed to be, he's supposed to be more the Bergeron model. And what I find happens there, right, a great two-way center. And frankly, right now, now it's a terrible team. I'm not hanging that all on Suzuki. But his underlying numbers don't suggest that that's what he's going to be in that Taves-Bergeron kind of model. Ryan O'Reilly, as you mentioned, two-way, great in his own end. That doesn't be there. And I think what we do a lot of the times, both as local media and fans of a certain team... And pe- I'm not going to put him in the same class, but I'm speaking from experience with Tyler Bozak. When you don't have a number one center who puts up a hundred points, you talk a lot about his other qualities, right? Yeah. The things that he make that you justify for yourself as making him a number one center. Tyler Bozak was awful in his own end, right? He played the PK for us because no one else was going to put you weren't going to put Fraser McLaren out there to kill penalties for you you weren't going to put Phil out there to kill penalties for you he did these things out of necessity and so right now Nick Suzuki is not on track to be Patrice Bergeron or Ryan O'Reilly or any of those sorts of guys but we just sort of say it similar to the way when young players come into the league We just assume they're fast. If you're young, you're fast. It doesn't really matter. You know, young, speedy. eh, Those things aren't the same, right? Last, uh... Last Leafs game, Craig Simpson said um, that Willie knew with Robertson coming down with him that Robertson had great speed. Like, No. One of the reasons Robertson fell in the draft was concerns about his speed, and since then he has shattered his leg and missed half a season. He hasn't gotten faster. Bet you that's got better. Right. So it's a crutch that we just use, young, young and fast. Those things aren't the same. And just because you have a number one center who doesn't put up a ton of points doesn't mean he's great in his own yeah. end. What do you think about the differences between or the comparison of Suzuki and Norris? Well, and and are you tired of the Patrice
0: Bergeron comparison? Like everybody who comes in the league who isn't an elite scorer? Yeah. You're like, "Yep. Yeah, he's got Patrice he's Bergeron. The Bergeron
1: model." You're like, "Just one of those guys."
0: Yeah, but, <laughs> B- but Bergeron is a guy who is an outstanding elite faceoff man. Yep. game 200 foot game and can get you 70 to 75 He does points. put up
1: points. Yes. So
0: uh, it's just such a tired thing, right? Where you're like, oh, that guy. So I- I'm tired of it. Yep. Um, I love Nick Suzuki. I'd have that guy on my team anytime. And I know that's not what you're saying. No, I'm not saying he's bad. Right. Um. Yeah, I, I-, I don't mind. And again, I have no idea what the underlying numbers are. Yeah. Um. I do know you know, anecdotally just from watching, watching him that he's not bad on the defensive side of the, no. And I, I believe he's probably better on the defensive end of the, of the, of the game than, than Josh Norris is at this point. Right. Um, I, I do believe Josh Norris is probably going to, going to be the better producer. And I think he's going to have better line mates with him moving forward. Right. As it gets a little, a little stronger up front. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I I think Josh Norris has the, he can shoot a puck past you. Yep. Right. Which I think is odd at
1: times for a center, right? As opposed to. He's been out 16 games this year. He has 22 goals. Yep. It's pretty fucking good.
0: Yeah. Well, and. and I I was surprised. I think 10 or 11 of them come on the power play. Okay. Like if you look at how how stagnant the power play was until he came back and then Mm -hmm. you go, oh, three games, four power play goals. Right. He's got three of them. And it just sort of, he's, he's got that ability and and, and I'm not saying he's a Kucherov or a Stamkos or no. a Avechkin, but he does have that ability to sit up on his offside and put the puck in the net or an Austin Matthews. Yes. I was wondering, I thought
1: we were just.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it, no, over. <laughs> no. And to me, the thing with, with Matthews is he's got that, it's, it's to me, he can wrist it by you. Yes. Like there's just so much about him. Yeah. I'm never going to say that. Yeah. He's not an elite, elite scorer, no. Austin Matthews. So and that. frankly,
1: it's hard to put a lot of guys in his class right now, anyway.
0: Right. right. So that's just a. Um, yeah. And 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 I'm not saying Norris is any of those guys, but he ha- he does have that ability. Yeah. To yeah, we know that's where it's going to go, but he still scores. So it's um, I think he's going to have the better offensive s- numbers than Suzuki.
1: So they're both 22, right now.
0: Yeah. And well, here. Who do and- you want?
1: You can have only one to center your favorite team.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm probably taking Nick Suzuki.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: I, I think I like the complete game that Nick Suzuki brings. One of the
1: guys giving me blowback will uh, no, no doubt come by and pat you on the back tomorrow at work.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> perfect. Um, but he was far from the only one getting in my face about it.
0: But I like them both. Yeah. I I, I do. Um. And it's funny when you look at at that Carlson trade, which is where Norris came from, mm-hmm. all the St. Louis media that, that that came on said, "Yeah, Josh Norris is going to be a nice third line center for you."
1: Yeah,
0: he is. He has f- far exceeded that, and in, in yes. terms of only going to get better.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree. The college route versus the had a shoulder problem, you yeah, know, versus uh, the junior route. Yep. And so Maybe that was one of the other factors I think I listed online was the good Canadian boy being boosted by the Montreal press versus the dirty American in the Ottawa backwater. Yeah. It was the
0: Well and and again he is um one of those things in, in the in the really infamous or they've become infamous, Pierre Dorian quotes, <laughs> talking up the trade and he's like, and Josh Norris, Brady Kachuk's best friend.
1: And you're like, Yeah, <laughs> that you're, you're trying to sell the tree. I remember that now I'd forgotten.
0: And you're like, ah, that's great and all. I
1: I hope they have great chemistry, but. Sure. Our fourth line center is is the guy we're trying to re-sign best friend. So, yeah. you know, it can't hurt. So. You're yeah. right. I forgot all about that, man. Come on, man. Do better at your job. Okay. <laughs> yes.
0: Sorry. that That is, sorry. There, there may be
1: more to that than. Than
0: just that one
1: quote. I remember, like, half the reason Pierre Maguire was coming in was to do the talking? Does he still work here? Is he still around? Wow. Well, <laughs> and it's so funny
0: because the guys in the morning on TSN 1200 asked him that. All right. So, is part of your job when you come in that you're going to. Yeah, when he was hired. Yeah. Yes. That you're going to be handling some of the media just because you're a little bit more media savvy? Yeah. And, and he's like, absolutely, that's going to be the case.
1: It's the last anyone's off.
0: Poof. <laughs> for all we know, short of the odd cardboard cutout at a, at a, at a, road game, he may have got the cement shoes. He may be in the Ottawa river. I have no idea. Yeah. It's really gone silent on that front because by means, yes, that's absolutely what I'm going to do too. I've never done it.
1: Right. Um, let's talk before we hit on uh, the other hockey stuff we got. We're getting baseball, man. And we're getting 162 games of it starting on April 7th. We'll have opening day. The Blue Jays will play on April 8th. Um, It's, I guess, the 18th, I believe, is when we'll start to see spring training games. The first thing that comes to mind for me, as you do the math, five days, five days, five days, five days, your starters are getting four, probably three, four at max spring training starts. So get ready to see a ton of your bullpen through April and May because those arms aren't going to be ramped up anywhere near where you want them to be. Um, But there are some interesting pieces, especially on the Blue Jays front. Uh, Starting in 2023, you're going to see a more balanced schedule. It's not completely balanced, but you will play every team at least once. So a couple less trips to the trop, a few less games against the Yankees and Red Sox, Uh, It's funny that that comes around now as the Blue Jays are building up this elite team. Whereas over the last 20 years it would have done us a lot of good to not have to play those Eastern teams quite so much. Um, That was to me one of the biggest takeaways that we're talking about the least. It's also come out that it is still going to be a thing. Unvaccinated players cannot come up to Toronto to play the Blue Jays at home games. And so you're seeing Red Sox Twitter and Yankees Twitter. That's unfair, and Canada is living in the Stone Age with this, and there's always a reply to going, hey, unvaccinated people cannot enter the United States either. (laughs) Like, yeah, but that's not affecting our baseball teams, so uh, that's going to be a big factor right now. We'll see how many guys go about it, like Xander Bogarts right now, unvaccinated, right? There are a couple of pieces of the middle of the batting order for the Yankees that remain unvaccinated. That could become an interesting home field advantage, but uh, all this came down late or middle of last week. What did you, what did you think? I know you were expecting this to go. We were both expecting it to go longer than this. Uh, You were expecting it to go well longer than this, but you know, what early takeaways from the idea we're getting baseball back?
0: I was totally surprised, totally surprised. Uh, To me, the most interesting wrinkle is the extra, the extra playoff
1: Yeah. They're, they're moving it up to, is it 12? Is that what they're going to? Yep. 12 teams in each league. Um. No, 12 teams total, sorry.
0: And then it comes down to the idea that the, uh, the bargaining group, the, the executive committee. Yeah. Of, of high rollers, big (coughs) fat contract guys. Guys guys. who
1: sat in on all those meetings to negotiate. Yeah.
0: And then the working stiff said, you know, they, they voted eight. And oh, for this to be turned down. Yes. And then
1: the. The rest of the voting membership, the PA, the union. The union said. Yeah, fuck off. Oh, nobody. We're going back to work. Yeah.
0: I, I'm making, I'll take that extra minimum wage up to 750 or whatever it is. Yeah. And you could take your 35 schmill Right. And cram it as you drive out of here in your.
1: They got some wins right that that artificial cap, the uh, the luxury tax threshold, yeah, has gone well up and will continue to rise throughout the con uh, the deal, as you mentioned, minimum salaries have all gone up across the board and will continue to go up every year throughout the agreement. I was surprised when uh, when Stoughton and Wilner were on last week. Wilner said it's about half the league that's on minimum. Yeah. Contracts. So, Way
0: more than anybody thinks.
1: Right. And so that's a huge thing. If all those guys are getting significant raises and the bonus pool for rookies, all that stuff is going up. It's hard for most of those guys to turn down. Yeah. That deal. And I don't want
0: to hear the guy making 30 to 35 million say, nah, we're doing this for you. We're holding out. And he's like, yeah. and the other guy's going, I don't want to miss a paycheck.
1: Well, Ross Stripling is the player rep for the Toronto Blue Jays. And he said when he sent it out to his team, it was unanimous coming back. Say yes. So now there's a lot of guys DB. on the Blue Jays who are have not quite yet hit it rich, but are about to. Yeah. Um, but for another year or two, we're going to be on that kind of minimum, yeah. minimum role. But uh, also the Blue Jays have shown no sign that they're about to stop spending. So they're also happy to see that that threshold at the top end go up as well. Right. So yeah, it was fascinating to see that the player reps all voted unanimously. Yes. We're taking the deal and overruled the executive committee that said, we suggest you don't take
0: this deal. Yeah. Based on what? And so to me, it comes down to the idea that I believe the universal DH. Yep.
1: So the NL will now have a designated hitter.
0: Um. And, and, and
1: for me, the idea of it's the. Uh, jobs too. Of the, yeah, for
0: sure it is. That's a, that's a bat. Somebody who can't, that is another high salaried position. Nelson that Cruz be...
1: walking around right now going, yeah, but half the league just opened up for me. <laughs> that's exactly good for that guy.
0: <laughs> um, it, it comes down to, I've lost my train of thought. All right. Um, it's frustrating, oh, the, eh, when but, people keep barging Yeah, in for you. sure, man. What are you going to do there? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, the idea that you wanted a floor, Mm -hmm. And they didn't get that right. You can keep going on the top end. And I understand the owners don't want to have a, have a floor because then that really means you need to put in a ceiling too. Um, but you still have the teams that will continue to not pay. And ultimately that's, that's where the, it costs jobs.
1: Yeah. Well, the interesting thing to me comes from the extra playoff teams. And that means are there more teams in that juicy middle that go, we got a shot. Yeah, and it's harder to sell to your fans now that you're not going to spend at all, right? Like some just won't. Like the Pirates just won't. They're not going to. The Rays won't, um, although they don't seem to need to. <laughs> right, why? <laughs> yeah, but it's there's another playoff spot now. And maybe the union as well gets to go, that's good for jobs, right? Like that, that means maybe a Cleveland who isn't quite sure like thought they were going to go into this selling this year, goes, I don't know. We're playing the Twins and the Tigers and the Royals all year. Like we could get that extra spot just as well as anyone else. Yeah. And we sign a guy or two, right? So even in kind of the, the periphery, it's good for the players to go, yeah, that might be one or two more teams every year willing to spend a little more than they have in the past because you have a better chance of making the playoffs with more teams, obviously. See,
0: yeah. And that, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, right? That it does keep you in it later. You yeah. Know, the idea that your team is 20 games out by the end of May. It's bad. For it's them. brutal, man. Yeah. And you're just like, forget it. We don't care. Right. Uh, that, that AL Central division was decimated by injuries last year. Yeah. Um, the Tigers are on the come. They had a young team that was just getting better and better. I'll be interested. Well, and
1: they just made like signed, I believe it was Javi Baez just before the lockout. Like they're, they're looking to come along. Right? Close
0: like, relative of Joan.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Probably not. Right. Probably not. But you see the Jays throwing a little more cash into the middle there.
1: Yep. Um. I want to, I want to say, I'm not even going to say. You say Kikuchi. You say, I say, Cacucho.
0: C- <laughs> yeah, you say
1: Kikuchi.
0: Yeah, Kikuchi. Kikuchi. And, and and so for me, that guy who had last year with with Seattle, yes, you know, a, a three and change, ERA up to the All Star game,
1: earned himself an All Star.
0: <laughs> and then a six forty
1: or whatever it was There's post of, post All Star. We call him Baseball Jack Campbell.
0: <laughs> you uh, see, Matt, <laughs> I prefer to call him. Stephen Mats 2.0, yeah. okay, and he's going to get in there with Pete Walker, yep, and we're going to see because he had his 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 strikeouts per nine pretty
1: good, right? And, and there is some talk that whatever Seattle was doing with him, like two of doing? two of his pitches were dominant and stayed dominant even when he began to slide in the second half, but they were the two pitches he threw the least, and the two pitches that he was throwing the most. He was in the literally the first percentile of exit velocity off the bat. He was getting hit hard in the second half, so there are things to be concerned about, but he's perfectly capable of being a number five, which is all this team needs him to do and maybe he does come in at work with Pete Walker and become maybe not Robbie Ray, but as you said, Stephen Matz, and they got similar uh yearly value out of their contracts, but with less term than what Matt's got. So that's a win for the Blue Jays in that sense. You know, we don't talk as much about Tanner Rourke and Shun Yamaguchi and the times that Pete Walker wasn't able to work his magic with certain guys. No, we don't Matt, but this is a worthwhile flyer to me. And like you said, as a number five, right. And if it doesn't work, like this is the thing I think because here in Toronto, you know, or watching the Blue Jays, we're still so wrapped up in hockey you go, that's ah, too much for that guy. Who cares? There's no cap. It's yeah. Roger's money and fuck them. They fuck you every month, right? Regularly. So, On the regular. Right. <laughs> so let them spend. And if it doesn't work, you know, if Nate Pearson is still kicking around and doesn't end up in Cleveland for Jose Ramirez. Uh, Ross Stripling showed he was fine as a number five or as a swingman last year. Thomas Hatch is better than he showed last year he'll be fine like uh, to me there's just other guys around yeah loge is down in triple a he's ready to come up uh like there's just there's pieces it's gonna be okay right you but i think he will be fine and perhaps more than fine at number five
0: well and, and it comes to, you look at the how this whole thing is setting up with Berrios, gaussman mm-hmm. manoa ryu ryu Kakuchi, Kakuchi yeah. and you just sort of go this has potential.
1: It's a top 3 rotation already in MLB.
0: And so then you start to look at the names you've thrown out, right? And in terms of how the bullpen is going to shake out and I was reading an article on on Pearson and how he's he was one of the first guys into training yep. camp, fully healthy, totally stoked and ready to go. Like
1: to me and and the Jays still on the look for an infielder. Yep. So yeah, this could be out of date on that front any moment, right? Like good, uh, I yeah. hope so. We were supposed to see those floodgates open right away. It hasn't quite played out that way, but yeah, but we'll see. To me,
0: if whatever they can do, yeah, and if 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 in the next sixteen hours, this this is is no longer yeah
1: relevant. That's but Chris Bryant is still out there, right? Carlos Correa, who I don't think they're going to be in on, but he's still out there. There's all kinds of talk still about Jose Ramirez. I don't know, like to me, Jose Ramirez, if you could do that. I would absolutely do that. But as we just said, with that extra playoff spot opening up and what that central is going to look like again this year and Cleveland just changed their name. Like if you want to sell some new jerseys, you need a star or two to put on the, on the back. Right. I've totally so, missed that. Uh, yeah. No, Cleveland is now the Cleveland guardians. Made the name change official back in, uh, in oh, November. I did see that back in November, but I thought that's a joke. That's a terrible No, name. it's real. And, uh, there's a lot of talk, honestly, and good for them if they if that is why. But I guess it's a thing around Cleveland. Like they have these statues um up that are called the Cleveland Guardians, and so they kinda tied into that. But what it really does, if you pay attention to it, you can keep using the same font and you still have the D I A N S that the Indians had, you know, and, and so maybe it doesn't change huh. the look of your uniform quite as yeah, drastically. Drastically, I you know whatever you want to buy into that. There is a little bit of familiarity there or whatever. But I wonder if that means with combined with the uh, the extra playoff team, whether the price for Jose Ramirez yeah, yeah. just went up. But and, it,
0: and Washington Commanders and that's terrible. Cleveland Guardians.
1: Yep, yeah, just a, brutal.
0: It's just like it's it doesn't none of neither of them roll out. And again, whatever, do whatever you want to well, do. I mean, but.
1: Even go back to the CFL when they got rid of the Eskimos. I. I I was fine. Like, I think I would have liked the Edmonton Elk, right? Like we did this at the time. We talked about it. They're both grammatically correct. Elk versus Elks. To me, Elk is stronger than Elks. Yeah. Because it hits you with the Elk. Yeah. Like it's got that hard. Yeah. I don't hate the Elks, but I just think it could have been just even a little bit stronger. But anyway, like you said, the Jays are not close to done. They are going to go out and get another infielder. Um, And I am totally fired up. Yeah. They're spending like drunken sailors. but And this is a great point that was put out by Keegan Matheson, who writes on the Blue Jays there. Yeah. And just, you don't go and sign a number five starter to a thirty-six million dollar three-year deal to cheap out on your infield. Like, they are in it. They're going to spend more. This is not the final. Just not like, Marcus Simeon money. Right. <laughs> but like, you don't push that in. Just to go, oh, I don't know if we can afford over here. Like, no, they can afford over here and they will. So we'll, uh. So
0: you're, but you're saying third base is where you think are I think at-
1: so. Um, just because there's more options out there for that. Right. But we'll see. Like we did see, and, and one of the other things that feeds into it and it could be nothing, right. You see all kinds of crazy shit at spring training, but Espinal was taking ground balls at second base on both of the first two days. I like that guy. I do too. Um. I don't think you can have both him and Biggio playing every day. So one of them is going to go, and the other uh, will stick around and play either second or third, based on you know whatever infielder maybe they go and get. Right. So.
0: Well, because because is going to be the guy who's going to draw you a couple walks, hit you two fifty. Hopefully,
1: yeah. He had a rough year last yeah, year. He did have injury, a rough year. And, and then but
0: but Espinal to me, he just got better and better with the bat. With he was the,
1: already superior defensively. Yeah, right?
0: so to, but to me if you can fit him in yeah. at second, yep. and use his use him on a on a regular basis like I to agree. me that guy and he's a smart base runner. There's just everything about that guy. He's a, he's a player. Yeah. So I I think that means that yeah, Biggio becomes a utility player for you
1: or becomes a trade piece. So we'll see uh we'll, well see how that shakes loose.
0: Or or a guy who can play every day for you. Somewhere.
1: I'm not Second, sold right now. Hold third, on. outfield, like to me. The- yeah, no, he's, he, it's like so many things, right? Are if you. If you don't have a. Yeah, starting, if you, if you have two starting goalies or two starting quarterbacks. You, you don't have, don't have any, right? If you don't have a, a position, you know, there is some use obviously to a guy who can play all over the place, but I think they're pretty worried about Biggio after last year, I would I would imagine, and Espinal maybe has the inside track right now, but that also means Espinal might be able to bring you more in part of a trade package than, than Biggio, like he may not have any value right now, uh, on the market. So, cause you're gonna, whatever that's gonna look like, if you're gonna be able to get a, a player like Jose Ramirez, you're probably talking about, about a Pearson, um, you know, a top end prospect and then an everyday kind of player. So that could be Guriel, like it could be Biggio, like, and again, Guriel finished hot, then broke his hand, had yeah. a hard time on that last weekend, right? Cause he just coming off the bus yeah. and like very, very streaky, but still has some value as an Great outfielder. Yeah, sure, man. So uh, it's going to be fun, right? The next week or so we're going to see them get back on the field and, and playing spring training games. Plus uh, whatever else is going to shake loose here in terms of free agency. Boy,
0: and and, and, free I, and I don't pay a pile of attention spring training games. I really don't. Um, and I won't. I do. Dis-
1: I love it, man. What? Okay. No, I love that it's on, but it's. it's. Yeah, no, I'm not sitting and watching our double A guys in the eighth inning of a game in Fort Myers or whatever. Right. But I will f- turn it on. They're playing the Phillies, I think, if they're in Fort Myers. Am I Isn't right? it Boston? I don't, it doesn't matter. It could be both. <laughs> <laughs> but when you turn it on, you get to see a little bit, and it's just the sounds of baseball again and, and whatever. And it's like some other games is for real throughout the summer. Sometimes you're just doing other things and it's always on. Right? Yeah, well, and,
0: and it will be on when, when regular season opens up, Yeah, right? And so, um, but I am, I'm, I'm putting it, I'm, I'm running at a 9.5 out of 10. Ah, that a boy. For the beginning of this baseball season. Like, to me, I love it. His pants are getting tighter for
1: all the right reasons.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's super optimistic and, uh, and thank you for that. But um, yeah, I am super excited. Uh,
1: Jack Eichel. Returned Buffalo this week. Fans not super excited to see him, it turned out. Uh, A lot of booing. Uh, There was a tribute. More cheering than I thought. Uh, Okay, see, that's interesting. There was uh, a nice tribute, but I guess it was done by some of the charities that he had worked with more than it was done by the team. And, And maybe that's okay, right? Everyone knows there was a fractured relationship by the time he left. There was some cheering, there were some signs, all these things in support of him, but there was a lot of booing and, and signs yep. against him. And uh, after the game, he had this to say. This is about the loudest I've heard this place ever. <laughs> really. After, after uh, It only took seven years of me leaving for them to uh, get into the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was mixed, uh, you know, it was a nice tribute and, uh, you know, um, there was plenty of people here that were supporting me and there was plenty of people here that were booing me, so... Uh, they must just be booing because they wish I was still here. I don't know. Um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not the first kid to deal with it. So just move on. And, uh, yeah, it was a tough game, you know, give them credit. So to me, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. And and Buffalo fans, again, got in my mentions and, and rightfully so. They have a better handle on this, that he, he did request a trade. It just wasn't known about, uh, before the neck injury. And then when he spoke to Elliot Friedman this past fall, um, he had came out and said, yeah, I had already sort of told them, I think it's probably time to move on. Um, To me, the neck injury, all of that stuff, I was on his side. Like, fuck you, you don't get to say to him what the surgery should be. And so I sort of thought Buffalo fans were maybe over playing it a little bit in terms of how much they were going to boo him. Um, But they... We're out in full force on social media saying, no, he had wanted out. He had already done enough shit in Buffalo before he left that we weren't loving him anymore. We, many of us did agree the surgery thing should have been his choice, but whatever. My issue is, if you're going to boo him so lustily, you don't get to go, oh my God, when he fires back after the game, right? Like if this is what we're going to do, if you're going to boo him he gets to say, yeah, it's about time you guys finally got loud or they must just miss I've been me. Waiting. I've been waiting for all this time for them to get loud. It's the loudest I'd ever heard the bill. Right. Like, to me, you're well within your rights to boo him, and then he's well within his rights to go... Throw a little shade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it,
0: uh, I I think at the end of the day, Buffalo... Um. You got to take, you got to take that game, and you got to hold it close to your heart, mm-hmm. right? You have
1: both guys who were traded for him score, yeah, Peyton Krebs and uh, Alex Tuck, who he came got, back and he return. got
0: stripped on the,
1: yep, and on the game winning
0: goal. So, at the end of the day, you're like, I was at, I was at the the game where Yashin returned for the first time with mm-hmm. the Islanders, and it was a tight game. Game winning goal scored. With Yashin in the box. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, the, the place was going upside tight again, man. Upside down. I went with Jeff. Yeah. He could have cared less yeah. about the game. But he knows spite. He's well, a man who loves spite. And he also knows, I'm going to take as many beers <laughs> as they'll sell me here. Right? <laughs> two. And two for my friend here. <laughs> two. Right? So there was, we were well served. Was, I'm sure. In very good seats. Um... Yeah, it was dynamite. So I understand how delicious that can be. Of course. When, when a star gets traded away, comes back, loses. You had the nice footnote, which was Craig Anderson's 300th win. Yep. There was just a bunch of things happening there, right? Where you're like, Buffalo, you win today. And which For the does, first time in years. <laughs> which does not get said very often, right. right? And so, and and it's a great hockey market. Sure. We talk about it all the time. We We cast dispersions. Yep. But, uh, yeah, they're hockey, they're hockey fans in 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 West New York. Well, right? every
1: year, right? When you look at the Stanley Cup ratings, Buffalo is never in the Stanley Cup. But Buffalo is always in the top five cities in the u s in terms of TV ratings for the Cup Final.
0: Yeah, so, so they give a shit. Yeah, they certainly certainly do. And they have a there's a huge ho- minor hockey culture there. yeah. so and, and to me, that is the thing, right? Where you have big minor hockey numbers, do you have television support, right? It's, it's so yeah, at the end of the day,
1: we, I, I think most of us thought Eichel was a bit of a douche and a crybaby and. Well, it is funny, eh? Cause I said on the show a week or two ago, I asked you, has he rehabbed his image? Like there's some sympathy with what he's been through and the injury and yeah. the time away, you know, he's going to come back at a franchise that a lot of people either love or hate, right, in terms of the way Vegas is just, like, pedal down all the time. And we both sort of yeah, like, maybe it's been good for him. And I will certainly admit that after that game, him just being like, fuck you, to some asshole with a sign from North Tonawanda and and whatever, (laughs) you know, some Salino and Barnes employee or something, to me... (laughs) I get it. He, he, yeah, like, was happy to just be the, the villain again and put himself right back in that spot because he could have just done what everybody else does and just, you know, just one of those things, happy to put it behind us, carry on. Oh, nobody, has, nobody saw that coming though, right? He, no, I guess not. But he has now guaranteed he will be booed every single time he returns to Buffalo. But to me, as much as anything else, before those comments, Boo your management! Yep. Oh, for you've sure, had man. shit GM. Like it was Tim. Well, it was Tim, Tim Murray, and then it was Botterill, and now it's Kevin Adams. Oh, and it was
0: Jack Eichel in there somewhere. Too. Yeah,
1: he had a spurt for sure, running the thing.
0: Rodriguez and whoever else that I played with. That like know, it, it was
1: awful, and that that market has been abused. And I get why they're angry, and they're looking for a villain, and. He's, I guess, happy enough to play the role, but I don't think he's the real villain there. The Pagulas have stunk at this too. He's not the only villain. Yeah, okay, now. yeah.
0: Yeah, of course. I think there's a hefty amount of blame. Yep. And the thing that people, you know, you can look at Vegas and, yes, yeah, Stone's out and Martinez is out, but in Eichel's...
1: They're sputtering.
0: They're sub 500 in their, Eichel, in their Eichel period. Yeah, yeah. so... It, 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 there's got to be something more. No, to he's almost it, right? point of game though. Great. The guy's uh-huh. a super talent. There's, there's no doubt about it.
1: I'm just saying maybe the struggles aren't totally his fault. Uh, I know, man.
0: but how long before he's rolling his eyes and pointing at other douches and going, oh, fucking God. give me the puck, man. Or pointing what are you doing?
1: Other douches. Yeah. Other. Yeah. And, and, and all I'm saying fellow is, douches.
0: all those things. Hello, fellow douches. <laughs> It's, it's all those things. Oh, laid off that,
1: just long enough for that soundbite
0: <laughs> to be captured. <laughs> <laughs> is, is you can't forget that not only did he want to be coach and GM, he was not, I think f- visually, uh, we're not in the change room, but watching the bad body language and the eye rolls yeah. and the shrugging of shoulders he, he, in the past, he has not been a good teammate. Right. A- and so, yeah, dude, you should be able to fix your back however you see fit. And I heard, I can't remember who the other NHL player that's reached Someone out.
1: else did just yeah. opt for the same surgery. So
0: he has done a good thing there. And, and I think that's, somebody's got to do the heavy lifting to, yeah. to make change of that type. But I don't think we have to all of a sudden think that, yeah, Jack Eichel's now going to be a great teammate.
1: No, and, and fair enough. But it, it is interesting. Like I said, and, it, and maybe it's proved out that I'm wrong. I just thought that the timing was fun having said, hey, I wonder if he's rehabbed his image and walks back into Buffalo. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So no, same old Jack Eichel. Still, so, I don't know. I'm seeing Elliot Friedman and people like that saying it looks like they got to him a little bit. Does it? Because to me, it looks like they booed him and he booed them and he's on to the next city. I yeah. I think both of those things are legit. And, and I don't
0: think at the end of the day, he cares that, you know, he would have liked to have won that game. No doubt. But at the end of the day, you're like, Psh, all Whatever. right, I got my 10 million in a, in a virtually no income tax state. Yep. And um, I'm going to maybe make the playoffs this year. <laughs> um, and you're still going to be Buffalo. Right. <laughs> Oh, hurtful talk. So at the end of the day, you're like, Heisman, see you later, man. All right, you got this one. Good for you. But at the end of the day, I'm back to Vegas and you're still hanging out around a burning tire.
1: Uh, hanging out around a burning tire. I know you wanted to touch on the officiating in the NHL who had less than a banner week. Uh, we saw what's happened in, I guess it was Wednesday, uh, Zach Hyman racing towards an empty net and Alex Ovechkin locks onto him with a good hook and uh negates the chance there. Uh the next night, Austin Matthews against Arizona is grabbed onto by Jacob Chickern and he loses his shit on the officials after the game. That's in overtime. He again is a guy, you know, with some body language habits now and then, but I don't know if I've ever seen him freak out quite like that on a referee. Um I don't know, man. You're the one who you brought... Had the, you had the Landis Cog cadre. Yes, Landis Cog <laughs> uh, has a press conference, and he comes up, and he goes, and he's very calm and respectful, and he goes, for 50 minutes, they called a game, and I've been in the league 11 years. I've never... but <coughs> This wasn't consistent, and that wasn't... you know To me, that one, maybe more simple than anything else, he's laying the groundwork don't suspend my guy in the playoffs again, please. Like, he's calling public attention now to whether or not Kadri has a double standard is the what I took from that. Like, he's saying this now so that he can point later and go, hey, hey, we talked about this, right? Like, you have a double standard for this guy. Um, and I don't know if it is a double standard. Like, if you keep getting suspended in the playoffs, they're going to have him another eye on you. I I don't, but you're the one who had this topic to me. It just just, seemed so out of control last week. Yes, it did.
0: And, and for me, all those points that you made, right? It's, it's the Ovechkin hooking on Hyman when in fact they're trying to score the equalizer, Mm -hmm. it negates that game winning empty net or, like the icing goal. Yes. And then they go back and score it. And likewise, the, uh, the Matthews and chickering that's an overtime goal, Yeah, gets stripped. To me, it, it really does those come,
1: impact the result of the game. Like but, And that's what they
0: always say, right? Like, so you look at the guy, we'll look at the Austin Matthews call. Um, and, and the body language thing is interesting and I want to get back to that. But, uh, Kendrick Nicholson, I yes, believe is, right. is the, uh, he's the same guy who made the the call on Shabbat yep. in Vegas. Was everyone 45. said, hey, that's chintzy. Don't call that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so you're like, and then you look at it up in a bunch of times and he was the back ref. So he's calling it from center ice. Yes. And it turns out you're like, other refs saying, I wouldn't have made that call. Right. And so you're like, and it cost Ottawa the extra point. Yes. Right. And so it comes down to. Who cares about Ottawa on the extra point? They're not making the playoffs, but this is directly affecting the outcome of a game. It gives Vegas at least an extra point. Yeah. And so you then fast forward two, three days from that Shabbat bogus mm-hmm. call to the Matthews. That's a penalty. Now he's ignoring this no one. No call. And you're like. Far more egregious. But but damned if he does, yep. damned if well, he you doesn't. Wonder.
1: Is he gun shy after the last one?
0: Well, but, and, and both of them through, through your, whatever you've done now, calling, not calling, both have had direct impacts on a game, which is what you hope as a ref never, ever happens. Right. And so
1: I just look around and you're like. When you can see, like after Chickren scored, he was off the ice, like gone. Like we're not. Start the the car. Exactly. Yeah, no, I totally get it, and that's that is how it goes, right? Is and so there was a there's a great Twitter account that has all kinds of information on the NHL referees. It's called Scouting the Refs, and just these guys have a higher tendency to call this. This guy tends to yeah. let like this go. Oh, it's interesting going into. I I follow it during the playoffs more than I do during the uh, the regular season, but they put out and said Maple Leaf fans after the Matthews one. What would you like to see right now? Because this guy's getting shredded. And I put and I quoted it and just said, you know, again, in quotes, hey, I blew that call. I fucked up. It directly impacted the game. I'll be better tomorrow. Yeah. And I put a quote or a a link underneath. You may or may not remember this. Andrea uh, Armando Galarraga is pitching a perfect game. Oh, man. Jim Joyce blows a call at first base. He insists on speaking to the media and says, I took that away from that kid. I messed up. Yeah, that's what you want to see. Right. And in a lot of sports, especially in soccer, um, you see one media member. There's a they call it a pool reporter. They kind of collect questions from their colleagues and they get to go speak to the official. What did you see here? Why did you? You do see other sports where you are accountable to the media. I think there's been times actually where baseball has done the pool reporter thing with the umpiring crew as well. I just want some fucking accountability instead of pretending these guys are beyond reproach because every night on hockey Twitter, and I spend too much time there, you see some fan base going, oh my God, they've got it out for the Leafs. They've got it out for the Oilers. They hate Ottawa because we're a nothing, (laughs) New York, it's the Big Apple. So they're always going to call it for them. There's no bias. They just suck. And the thing is, they don't suck the directive they're given sucks. They're capable of calling a better game. They're told by the officials and by the league, like the the high end of Stephen Wacom and the top end of, of NHL officiating, this is the standard on this. this. Of course, occasionally they miss a call. Of course, they're going to make mistakes here and there. But essentially, what you're seeing every night is them calling what they're told to call. And they can change it on a dime if they want to, they're good enough to do that.
0: That's scouting the refs website. Yeah. I think the other interesting thing that comes from that is it has games called, Mm -hmm. number of games called, right? Yep. Which, which when you look at, you know, guy with a thousand games called guy with 250. Yep. Um, Chris Stevenson was tweeting about this. I saw the other day talking about the number of. Of refs now with with over a thousand games is is quickly diminishing. Yep. Um as the game becomes faster, yeah. You got refs and linesmen in their fifties who are just like I'm 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 pulling the shoot on it because it's just Can't getting up. too fast. Yep. And so like Ottawa, whether it was the Vegas game or the St. Louis game, uh Dean Morton, a guy in his fifties, it was the last time he was gonna like he's retiring. And so we're losing this upper crust of of experienced mm-hmm refs. And so.
1: Well, one of the things I listen to uh, pretty often is uh, the daily face-off, it's Frank Saravalli and his group. And once a week they have Tim Peel, the retired official on, and they had him on, on Friday to talk about everything that had happened this week. And he talked about Kendrick Nicholson and he said, like, that's a guy. And he goes in, I think it was the, the Ottawa game. Like maybe it was the Toronto one. It was one of the two. He goes, he's working with a guy who's in like his first season in the league. Yeah, said, Kendrick Nicholson has been in the league for several years, has never been given a playoffs. He goes, I don't rip on people, but you can read into that. Like you can tell that it's no different for the referees than it is for the teams. The top officials get put into the playoffs and the the best of the best go deeper and deeper. So if you're not being given playoff games, you can read into that what the league thinks of your standard.
0: Well, and because Kendrick Nicholson is, um, I think he's around 300 games. Yeah. Right? So... I don't know how many seasons, I don't know how many games in a season a ref typically works, No, but yeah, that means it's probably means you're six, seven years in the league. Right. Um, and yeah, it's no damning. playoff games yeah. It's damning when you
1: don't get playoff games. To me, I, I just, I, I've never bought it. It's horribly frustrating when it's your team, but I don't believe these guys have, except for that one time in Calgary, remember the, what's his name? Was it Seidenberg or? Weidman or whatever. Yeah, Weidman. It was Weidman who got in an altercation or, you know, elbowed or punched or whatever. Was concussed. Yes. According to his story. Yeah. And, you know, lashed out at a referee, hurt him.
0: Drove his shoulder into
1: him and knocked him down. Right. And for the next, the first half of the next season, they could not get a call. It was pretty clear there. The officials were making the Flames pay for that. Um, But for the most part, I don't believe that happens. I believe they call the standard they're told to call, or they're just bad at their jobs. I don't believe they pick and choose the teams they like and dislike and and things like that. Every
0: and, fan base has that though. Of right? course they Where do. They're like
1: oh that guy hates That's us. That's right. It's and, because it's Toronto. It's because it's Edmonton. It's because it's what? I, no, it's not. It's because they stink. Yeah. Do
0: you, <laughs> do you feel one way or the other? And I and I'm gonna leave you open to pick a side. Do you feel like the Leafs? Get the benefit of the doubt because of the of of the hockey mecca that they are, or do you feel like it's the opposite and they get penalized?
1: I don't really throughout the season feel either. I do with our countless run-ins with the Bruins in the playoffs. Go, what the fuck! But I think more than anything else, the Bruins have learned over a decade of being, you know, contenders and playoff you know, go deep or, or whatever, having all those vets, I believe they know this is how far you can push. This is what you can and can't get away with where Toronto is waiting for penalties to be called. Yeah. And you're going to have to figure that out. I do believe that a certain amount, the one exception to that, I will say, and we talked about this back in the fall when it was Connor McDavid. Austin Matthews is 352nd in the league in penalties drawn this year, and he's the league's leading scorer. Do you, uh, Fuck off. Okay, but call something on right. It. Like, but,
0: but to me, and he's a great he's a great person. And do you think it has anything to do with you look at that checkered play where it looks like Matthews gives up on the play, and he's like, "Hey," until hey. it ends up in the net. And you're like, now you, I'm pissed. And then yeah, and then you look at the Ben
1: Sherratt thing last year, which is much televised and much. That's talkable. what I mean about, Hey, I'm going to laugh and smile. Cause you should be calling this right now. And they did that time. Right. But the by guy, the end of the guys series, him they weren't. in the
0: back of the head. And, and it's just this whole thing where you go. Yeah. When, when does a big man like Matthews just start to fight through some of those things and go, yeah, it's not right. I shouldn't have to do it, but
1: well, so the counter argument would be, and I've read it in and a few I'm places, mostly blue places, but that one of the things maybe working against Matthews is that while he's not physical necessarily in terms of the way he doesn't go in and create big hits and, and whatever, uh, he is pretty good along the boards. But but that because he's so big and strong and he does just continue to skate through a lot of bullshit, right? That, you know, you don't dive necessarily, but if he was pulled down more easily, maybe he would get more. I have time for that argument, but 350 second in the league, I are you kidding time me? I have
0: that argument. And, and I've often railed against him as a big guy who who maybe you know was softer and 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 wasn't as impactful on the on the yeah. on the but I I, I agree with you one hundred percent right as his defensive game has continued to improve and how he has been better at separating guy from Buck, um there's been there's been improvement in those areas mm-hmm. right but you, again as you say yeah if he does, does he and I don't I don't disagree with that with that notion that if you flopped more yeah you may get more calls maybe. Right. Or then people would say, you're a fucking diver.
1: Yep. And you get less calls.
0: And so it, it is a
1: real. Whether it's him in Toronto, like just on logic alone, the guy leading the league in goals being 352nd in terms of you don't, you think no one's fouling that guy. Okay. Like see, that's the part. But that, see, this is. Uh, but remember uh, Connor McDavid, just before I give the, we had this conversation, Connor McDavid finally spoke up about it in like mid to late November and went from like in the two hundreds to like top 10 for the next month or in terms of pe- guys drawing penalties. At some point he went, can I get a fucking call here? Cause they're hanging off me. <laughs>
0: well, and he, and he is, and he was right. He's got the puck all the time. That guy. Yes. Um, and, and I, I asked the question because I'm interested because I listened to, um, on the morning show, Sean Simpson, and mm-hmm. Dave Poulin. Yeah. So two guys, both with with leave connections in, mm-hmm. in, in management, both said-
1: Not from a great time period.
0: Get, but both said the exact same thing that you're saying. Yeah. It's the opposite. They don't feel like Toronto gets calls. They feel like there's a lot of times when Toronto, it's it's the opposite, right? Like Toronto is sort of hosed a bit.
1: And uh, so, I just, I don't know. I think part of that, because we have seen- Uh, And Jeff Viet, again, a guy I reference fairly often because I read his stuff, he did a thing comparing the Leafs and Bruins just in terms of if you take more penalties, you often get more power plays, right? Like if you engage more physically more often, like you create those circumstances. And if you trust your kill, which the Leafs should, they have a top five penalty kill in the league right now and a number one power play in the league right now, which is where Boston used to sit. You trust your PK and you'll take that trade off of five power plays a night to three penalty kills a night or whatever it might be. As opposed to the Leafs being two and one or whatever it might be because yeah. they don't engage physically. They don't stir that up. And so you end up in a lot of games where there's just no power plays.
0: Yeah. And, and, which and that's is interesting. And that's bullshit. Okay.
1: The,
0: the games where there's <laughs> one and one or two and one and you go, yeah, "That's that's fine. But you know, there's a pile of shit. That's been let go there. Yeah. And so I just look I'm looking for a regular season and and playoff consistency is really what it comes down Doesn't to. Doesn't seem like that's coming.
1: No, ever. Ever. I guess the last thing probably worth noting before we get out of here is you know, there's not really an exact day, but uh this sort of week, weekend marks kind of the two year anniversary of COVID nineteen. Woohoo. Woo-hoo! for he's a jolly good fellow, all that shit. And we're sort of at this weird spot. I guess we're heading into March break, coming out of March break. We're going to do away with the masking thing. We've already seen the, uh, uh, what do they call co- The, the, va- the vaccine passport has already basically been dropped in most places. Uh, at the same time, uh, we saw 700 hospitalizations on Friday, like 200 people in ICU, Really, this is not over. I'm not sure. Honestly, I I assumed it was gone because yeah.
0: the numbers. You got to look for them now. Well, we got right? an
1: election coming. You don't really want to know the numbers. They want and Ontario was to,
0: back to work. Yes. highways and bridges and blah 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 blah.
1: There's a thing I put on our fucking Instagram this week that was a uh, was put up at a Toronto office building. It was a couple of like welcome back signs and and they were supposed to be fun, and I think most of them were. One of them was like uh, welcome back. Um, you know, no sweatpants here or something like that, And said. You're like, ha. yeah, okay, I get it. We're all bu-. the other one was what? like, I bet your dog misses you right now. You're like, you fucking psychopath, right? Like, who posts that? Like, it's a this is in the lobby of a fucking office building. So people have a weird sense of, yeah, like just building instant resentment, I guess. Um, Man, this is a, uh, the, the reason, like to me, this stands out or whatever is Friday was uh, the 11th. That was, we've talked about it a hundred times. We won't go into it here. That was the anti-flag concert I was supposed to go to and went, ah, no, right. Two years ago, I I'm, I'm not going to Right. And it was only in the next couple of days, you know, Rudy Golbert and the NBA. Touching all the
0: microphones. Oh, he's a douchebag. <laughs> and then comes out with COVID.
1: Right. And like a game is suddenly not played and they're telling, I remember, cause we still didn't know anything. And I remember right. watching the, uh, the PA announcer, cause I believe the game was in Utah. Yeah, I, I could be mistaken, but it was jets
0: or jazz, jazz, jazz it, and the, the uh, yeah. Mavs maybe, or something I, like that. I just remember the guy saying the game is,
1: the game has been canceled. Go home. But it, it was the way it was phrased was please move to the exits. Don't panic. And you heard people
0: panicking. Of course,
1: because we're thinking about it like anthrax or something, right? Like, and, and so it was all so weird and, and, uh, and surreal. Like the whole thing was really messed up, man. And, um, I can remember my parents coming over a couple days later, you know, my dad has the big truck. So he was dropping off a bunch of supplies and stuff for me and like, we're disinfecting Everything, yeah. right? The no, You couldn't buy Lysol wipes to save your life. Um, we all, you know, is this, if you touch a a door handle or whatever, yeah. like we just didn't know anything yet, man. It, it's been strange. And so watch two years and we've had the waves and we've been in and out of this thing. And I don't know, as we sit here now, two years out, it seems like we're all getting ready to move on. I, I guess the place I would start, is I'm not sure, like, I'm totally fine. Everyone make your own choices. If you're ready to go back to the Senator's game or to a restaurant or to whatever, by all means, like everybody got vaccinated so you could do this stuff. So you could get back to normal. To me, it's the mask. Is it hurting anyone to wear a mask in the grocery store? Like, is it, it, that's the part where I'm sort of like, there's stuff we're doing needlessly, that hey, isn't hurting anybody. That but what isn't, do you
0: think is going to happen with masks? When the mask va- mandate goes away, what do you think is going to happen?
1: I think you're going to see a certain percentage of people continue to wear it. And I think you're going to see another percentage of people because yep. you're seeing it already mocking you and yelling at you and you don't need to wear that anymore. And yeah, you, this was never about freedom. Those people can fucking blow me yeah. because I'll wear a mask where I want to wear a mask. They won't have a mask on, so it'll be easier for them, yeah, right? Like, for
0: sure, <laughs> man. You don't even need to pull that bad boy to the side. Just have at it. Right. Um, so
1: I, I, I'm i not sure. Like, I don't expect this stuff to carry on forever, obviously, but once they decided, and it is because of the election, we're going to stop reporting numbers. We've been flying blind. It's easier to forget, but the numbers have not... We had, like I said, 700 hospitalizations on Friday, last summer, we freaked out when there were 200 cases.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I was at a yacht club on this fucking guy on Friday night and I had somebody come over to me, so you got to go in. This place is still asking for proof of vaccination. Yeah. So I'm totally good with that. Sure, I got it. Why not? um, But one of the people at the table Strides over to me and goes and sticks his hand right into my chest and says, we can shake hands now. We could. So, so <laughs> But you've
1: made that decision yep. for me. Yep. And and it's, it's for me. I'm, I'm not, not sure on, that's ever coming back, eh? Because I was a big handshake guy like almost sh- me too. all the time. I'm not sure that's ever coming back.
0: But But this is a case where. I don't really want to shake your
1: hand. <laughs> now I want to less.
0: <laughs> but, but it's, it's those situations where people are going to be, there's going to be a lot of awkward moments where, hey, just cause you want to shake hands. Yes, that's right. Does not mean I want to shake hands. Yeah. And so I, I'm fine to go to dinner with you. I'm yep. fine to, to do those things, yep. but. Well, and really I'm not that fine to go to dinner with you, <laughs> but I'm here and, but. Yeah, those sorts of things to that is gonna be the real sort of rocky transition because certain people's levels of comfort are gonna be far different. For sure. And and it's the people who are far more comfortable that are gonna have to be more aware that not everybody is where you are. Some are willing to dip their toe in, yep. some will not be. But you still, that doesn't mean
1: you get to hug me unsolicited. Right. I had an experience in August past somebody that i hadn't seen in forever i have no problem with we're not close at all but she's a hugger and i'm not and as she's coming up she's like can i give you a hug and i'm like nah like i'm not and she's like all right we chatted for a couple <laughs> minutes and as i'm getting ready to leave she's like can i f- i seriously can't give you a hug i'm like no you seriously cannot <laughs> like, yeah. Heisman at the best of times really not a hugger so yeah. and now especially not so yeah i think you're gonna see more and more of that and like we're already seeing it on the um, the provincial government front, because, uh, they put out a a thing, whatever it was a week or two ago, you know, it's now determine your own risk, right? Assess your own risk and make your decisions based on that. The Hamilton school board says, we took a look at this and our people have said, you know, based on the numbers in our community, we're going to request that students continue to wear a mask after, uh, March 21st. And the, provincial government's education minister or director. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Well, and you well, see that. we've, we did determine our risk. This is an unnecessary risk. As far as our people go, but they want this gone, just like they wanted the case counts gone. They want this out of sight, out of mind so that hopefully you'll forget what an abysmal job DOFO did managing this thing. Yeah. It's gross, man.
0: Reactionary as opposed to At every you know, turn. Proactive. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, we can be like the f- f- fascist light, fascism <laughs> light, Alberta, where they're like, we're going to outlaw municipalities from making their own decisions.
1: Jason Kenney is such a douche. So if you remember at the beginning of the pandemic, both he and Ford said, we believe the communities should make these decisions for themselves. And that's what you saw first, with cities put in. Capacity limits, mask mandates, closing businesses, whatever it might be. And at that time, again, typical conservative politicians, we don't want to be caught telling people what to do with their freedom. Right now that yeah. they want this gone and individual communities are saying, we're going to keep this a little bit longer. No, we're out ruling, We're outlawing that. We're overruling you. You go. Well, which is it? You inconsistent pricks. Like how long do you think people's memories are? Short. We've mat. been through some shit in two years. I get it. People forget things, but holy shit. Like have some shame. We oh. remember.
0: No. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's one of those things where most people don't. Most people don't. And, and the thing is.
1: Well, let's th- tune in. because
0: <laughs> There will be situations that I am comfortable. Yes. Um, going maskless. Yep. Um, We're
1: coming out of it. We are.
0: And, and I'm good with that, but there are certain situations where, and I am not, um, I, I have a bit of germaphobe to begin with yeah. lo- long before sure. this came down, But but where I'm not comfortable with a bunch of people milling about in close proximity, people that don't know what the fuck they're doing or where they're going, <laughs> get out of my way move a bit, you know, get lost. Yeah. Those are, I'm at this point, I just assume wear a mask, mm-hmm. get to where I need to be, hand sanitize or hand wash and go about my business. Yeah. So, um, I think in cold and flu season, I will always have a mask.
1: I, I, and, and there's countries around the world that have been doing that for years. Yeah. We just weren't one of them. It's well, so gross to think about now, eh? Like subways and buses and <laughs> stuff like that when you used to, now that we understand how COVID works and just being in the same room as someone else's droplets, the word droplets now grosses me out quite a bit. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I've been walking through people's snot my entire life. Well, basically. And, and, and I've told you <laughs> forever being
0: on a subway or a public bus Yep, and I can smell somebody's halls yes. or
1: whatever it is. And you're like. That's telling you, man.
0: I can only smell that because they have some kind of menthol or whatever it is. That means I'm normally breathing whatever it is they're, they're expelling. I just don't know it. Yep. And so. so gross. Well, and so at those times (laughs) I'd be like, oh, cherry halls. Right. Gross. That means I'm (laughs) sucking in whatever they're breathing out. Right. And so I knew that then. Right. And that's, that's decades ago. And so like we've been over
1: it and. Obviously my situation is a little different than yours in terms of being immune suppressed, right? And so Dougie said on Friday, one of the reporters asked him, what would you say to people who are immune suppressed who feel like some of this stuff's being moved too fast? And again, I'm not sure most of this stuff is being moved too fast. I just don't see the need for the masks to go away in places where it's not hurting you to wear one, like a grocery store, like a shopping mall, whatever, right? We've gotten, he goes, well, mask up and you go, fuck you is what he's saying to the immune... You already know that's not how masks work. It's the other way, right? Like me wearing my mask, if no one else is, it's helping a little, but not much. And so like when we're doing these shows in person now, I don't ask you or anyone else who comes in here what you've done. There's not a checklist, a sign-in sheet, who have you been in contact with. I would expect, out of respect for me, and I know you would, if you've been to the Sens game last night... I would want to know that, right? 20,000 people. But who you've had dinner with the last couple, that's, I'm not going out to restaurants yet. Other people are. I'm prepared to accept that, right? Because it's still only a couple of people, whatever, per week coming in here. That's a manageable risk to me. I'm fine to do that. But to just sit there and go, well, immune suppressed people should continue to mask, you're... You're dumb or you're just disingenuous. Right. I don't know which of the two it is, but either way, fuck you. And it's
0: slow on the uptake because at the end of the day, what it comes down to is what what everybody needs to know is I wear the mask for you. Right.
1: Not vice versa. Right. Right. And so it's, it's, I'm. In general, like across society. Yes. You're wearing it for everyone else. Correct. And uh,
0: yeah. Sorry. If you took that literally, like I'm wearing it for you. (laughs) Matt. Yeah, but it is, Matt appreciates yeah, it. it's, I'm wearing it for the person on the other side of the table, sidewalk, whatever it is. Yeah. Right? That is how this goes. And so at the end of the day, it's, yeah, it's, it's so, it, it's so complicated and ha- how we come out of this is going to be rocky. It's going to be rocky like the beginning of it was.
1: Well, cause I just, I don't think. It's as over as people think it is. Of
0: course it's not. Uh, but, <laughs> We're just but, tired of it. But I think everybody's, ta- yeah, okay. And, and that is, there's certainly something to that, right? Like you look at the whole blockade and occupation here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we all want it to be done. Of course. But just because you want it to be done doesn't mean it is done. Right. Um, It, it does come down to a, and, and you've just laid it out, a, a managing of risk. Right. And what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And so, yeah, you and I had this conversation before coming back in person, yeah. which was, yeah, it's going to be upon both of us to be honest about, Hey, how are you feeling? If there's any doubt. Yeah. I got the all, sniffles
1: today. Okay. Yeah. We're back online today. We're back
0: online yeah. and, and, and we'll go about it that way. And, and if have, if you've been in a situation, because I am a little more willing to to do some other things yeah. for various reasons. And so, but yeah, it, it involves a, a dialogue yep. between the two of us. Sure. So this is what, people just need to be more understanding because you're done with it doesn't mean everybody's done with it. And right. I think that's the part. You don't
1: get to, as you started this off with, just jam your hand out and expect I'm ready to shake it.
0: Yeah, because you've said it.
1: Yeah. yeah you've made a, that decision for the two of us. Yeah. No, and, fuck. And, you.
0: And, and you that's
1: never going to fly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. I don't like that at the best. <laughs> right. Of, out of spite, or, I'm
1: not sure. Right? <laughs> <now. laughs>
0: you do not get to decide for me. Right. So I'll pull your turtleneck right over your head. Nice. Start feeding you the rights and the lefts.
1: Okay. So Turtleneck in the room is always the problem.
0: Yeah. Well, it's cheesy mustache with a turtleneck. Yes. And, and, and you know what? It, this is a, this is a conversation, Matt. That's the turtleneck is on the
1: comeback. Oh, I know, man. But not got, for me, but. <laughs> you got
0: the jacket and the turtleneck and you're like.
1: Short skirt and I, a long. I, honestly, I blame John Legend. Come on, what,
0: are you, what are you doing, man? I blame
1: John Legend for almost everything that's gone wrong. Well, he's
0: a handsome man. Let's not be yeah, but... disingenuous about this. But just because John Legend can pull off the jacket and the turtleneck <laughs> does not mean you can. Can <laughs> <Ken> read. Like.
1: <laughs> 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 Wow, we're driving by on suddenly back in the rink on Saturday night too, hey? Or Anthony Stewart. I don't know. Take your
0: pick, man. Your mauve turtleneck (laughs) and your purple jacket. No, man. You are not John Legend. You cannot do it. You will not see me wearing... (laughs) Like a turtleneck is meant to be under something. Am I right with that? Like a sweater. Or Or a classic 80s rock shirt.
1: Yeah, okay. Maybe.
0: You're doing that. You're not wearing... It just on its own. Like, honestly, let's not do
1: this. I wish short sleeve shirts over long sleeve shirts under short sleeve
0: shirts. Okay. I get, I get the whole nineties grunge, Nirvana. I got the long sleeve tee with the short sleeve tee over top of it. That's got its place. But, but the turtleneck, I got an issue, man. I, I don't go in for that.
1: We wind things down here with apologies to Ken Reed. And Anthony Stewart, but not you, Anthony, really. (laughs) All right. Fashion determine case. your own risk when listening to this show or, we're or returning to normal. Episode. Yeah, whatever. Just a, a good rule of thumb in general to determine your own risk. Less Dougie tells you not to. Mask up. Don't forget, Screeds, Michaela Schreider back on the show on Thursday morning. We'll look forward to having a pint and a chat with Michaela. It's been a little bit, so that'll be fun. Uh, like I said, that'll be Thursday morning. Stick around for that. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Wherever you're listening right now, hit follow, hit subscribe, leave us a nice rating and a review. Let us what let us know what you think of Ken Reed and Anthony Stewart <laughs> in your reviews. But <laughs> Rob, my name is Matt. We will see you next time on Tall Can Audio. See ya!
0: It is over. Now that's a tasty beverage. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall can Audio on your favorite podcast app.